Well, hey everybody, it's Stacy P. Locke. So glad you're here for another episode of God, Girlfriends, and Giggles. We're finding out how even in the junk, we can find joy. And remember, laughter is truly the best medicine. Well, hey everybody, it's Sister Stacy, and welcome again to another episode of God, Girlfriends, and Giggles. I hope that you have found laughter in your life this week. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about, are you a mercy mover? So grab you some coffee or something good to drink. Maybe get your Bible, a note pen, a notepad, and a pen, and get ready for another episode of God, Girlfriends, and Giggles. So, what does mercy look like to you? Do you ever remember that game we played as a child where you would hold each other's hands, you would clasp the hands of the of your opponent, and you would start squeezing and turning and doing every which way you could and, and just trying to just put as much pressure as you could on the other hand and you waited for someone to scream out mercy mercy <laughs> yeah i remember that game too <laughs> i don't ever remember ever really winning the game i think i was always the one crying for mercy <laughs> which is not always a bad thing but today we're going to talk about mercy and I want to give you um, just a overview of mercy because a lot of times we'll put grace and mercy together and mercy kind of gets lost in that definition and the definition of mercy I heard year I mean of grace that I heard years ago was just like unmerited favor or uh, of God or God's ability to work through you what you can't do yourself that's grace and sometimes mercy just gets lost in there and we just kind of couple together grace and mercy but I wanted us to really really take a look at mercy today and and just keep in mind um, the question are you a mercy mover so a definition is compassion or forbearance shown especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power imprisonment rather than death imposed as a penalty for first-degree murder blessing a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion, like God have mercy on us. Uh, a, a fortunate circumstance, it was a mercy they found her before she froze. Um, that's an example. Compassionate treatment of those in distress. And the act of mercy is woefully in the power of, with no way to protect oneself against. So, that is the definition of mercy. And, you know, today we're going to really talk about the one that's a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion and compassionate treatment 
on those in distress. And to highlight that, I want us to go to John uh, chapter 8, starting at verse 1. And I'm going to read uh, uh, verses 1 through 11. So it's going to be a little long, but I want us to read all of this. And I'm going to be reading from the, uh, from the Passion Translation. So this is uh, John chapter 8, beginning at verse 1 to 11. Jesus walked up the Mount of Olives near the city where he spent the night. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again. And soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. Then they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what, to, what do you say we should do with, with her? They were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, Let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Upon hearing that, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Until finally, Jesus was left alone with a woman still standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. And I tell you, as I read this, I can just feel the mercy of Jesus just jumping off the page at me and how merciful he was with this lady. How, you know, the definition we read, it's, it's how we show that compassion in the time of distress. And don't you know that this lady was under a lot of distress in that moment being taken into the place where people were learning and she was just standing there and just in the midst of that humiliation and and just being brought before the the messiah and joe don't you know that was distressful that was that was a lot for her to endure and to be met with such mercy, just such mercy. And I got to thinking as we're going through the, the scripture here, 
how, you know, at the beginning, Jesus came down and the people were asking questions. And it said that, you know, he, he, he sat down and he took time to teach them. And, and Jesus always has time for you. I want you to know that the Lord always has time for you. You are never a bother to him. He always has time for you. And, and regardless of who is accusing you or backbiting you or hurting you with their words, he will always defend you. And you do not have to defend yourself. That lady did not say a word. She stood there charged and was guilty. And she did not have to open her mouth. So whether people are talking about you because you're guilty or maybe you're not guilty and they're still talking about you and still, you know, saying things behind your back and hurting you and putting those words out there in the atmosphere. Our God hears that and he knows that and he defends us and he will show us mercy. And I love it when it said he bends down in the dirt. And if I know anything about my sweet Lord, he is not afraid of our dirt. You know, he, he made man from dirt out of the dust. He does not mind getting dirty with us. And, and we're not sure what he wrote in the dirt. I've heard it that he was writing the sins of the people that were standing there. I don't know. I, he may have been writing a love letter to her. All I know is that he got in the dirt and he didn't mind getting dirty. He didn't mind bending down and getting his hands in the dirt. And I think that was such a a depiction of who Jesus truly uh, was and who he is today that he will get down there with us to love us right where we're at and then as the accusers walked away i find it interesting that it was the oldest to the youngest that started to leave the oldest one left first and you know my mind sometimes is quirky for those of you that know me you know my mind can can sometimes just i'm just quirky and i got to thinking i wonder if the oldest one left First, and they made that notation in the Bible. I wonder if it was because they had sinned more and they knew, wow, I have no business being here with a stone in my hand. You know, maybe they were thinking, oh my goodness, I have this and this and this. And so it was funny to me that they, they listed that they began to leave from the oldest to the youngest. And, and that, that's important. That's an important part of this. Sometimes when we've been in church a long time and we've been in church work for a long time, been in ministry for a long time, it's easy for us to get more cynical and more rule, um, religious by rules and, and, and we can get off track. And so it's really, eye-opening that the oldest one left first and I just think they had a realization you know I have no business being here I've had years and years of things if anybody could see behind my closed doors sometimes I, I don't even need to be here so they left oldest to youngest they left her and then you know Jesus engaged her in conversation and asked her where are your accusers and he looked, and she looked around, and he was looking right at her like, Look around, sweet baby girl. There's nobody here but you and I. There's no one here. And he said, I don't condemn you. 
They don't condemn you and I don't condemn you. But then he went on and told her, you know, go, go now. And, and this translation says, be free of a life of sin. He knew what her life was. And in and, and, and the King James, it says, go and sin no more. And, you know, sin is a choice. And he was telling her, you go and you choose a life of freedom. Don't sin anymore. Give up this life that you're in and go and sin no more. Isn't that a great, great story? I, I love it. I love when when the Word just brings something so real to us and relevant. I mean, here we are in 2020, and it's still very relevant that, that the Lord shows mercy. So, I want to give you a few scriptures about mercy just so you can do some work on your own to do a little digging. But I want to talk about how God is merciful to us. Um, Psalms 25, 6 through 7, it says, Remember, O God, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Uh, John, uh, 2 John 1 and 3 the second book of John, chapter 1, verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in truth and love. Deuteronomy 4, 31. The Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you, destroy you, or forget the promise promises to your ancestors that swore he would keep. 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six. With the merciful thou have shown myself merciful, and with the upright man thou have shown thyself upright. I just love this in Ephesians 2, um, 4 and 5. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in, in transgressions, it is by grace we have been saved. In 1 Timothy 1.16, But for this very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus may display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And I can just go on and on about the mercies of God. And, you know, one way to look up a word, I go to BibleGateway.com, and you can put in any word in the little search there, and it'll, in whatever translation you want to look at it, it'll pull it up. And, and you can study the word and, and do a word search. And I love to, to get in the scriptures and study a word like that. So I hope that this has encouraged you today. And the reason I said, are you a mercy mover? I thought about the people that had to move. They had to move and leave and they had to give mercy to the lady. So I want to encourage you to be a mercy mover when it's time to, you know, you might have a right to hold someone accountable or be, you know, be judgmental or criticize or whatever. You might feel like I've got a right to that, Sister Stacy. 
you just don't know what they've done to me. But I'm telling you, flip it around. And what if it was you standing there in the midst of that circle? Would you want to be in a no stone zone? Or would you want to be a mercy mover? So be blessed. I love you. If you need to get in touch with me, you can contact the ministry at lambsministry.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And we'll see you on Thursday. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed God, Girlfriends, and Giggles. If you'd like to get in contact with me, Stacy Pelop, you can reach me at lambsministry.com. In the meantime, put a smile on your face and live under God's grace.